Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Resilient Leaders Podcast, where we believe resilience in leadership is not just a good idea. In this new reality, it's absolutely required. I'm J.R. Briggs, and you've heard the age-old adage, leaders are readers. But I want to take a step further today. One of the leaders that I spend a lot of time learning from is Charlie Munger. Charlie Munger is the sidekick to Warren Buffett at Berkshire Hathaway. Munger, now in his 80s, is one of the main reasons why Buffett has become so successful throughout the years. Charlie is thoughtful, wise, and humble, and he's quite deliberate in his approach to life and leadership. He is a lifelong learner. He said this, quote, in my whole life, I have known no wise people over a broad subject matter area who didn't read all the time. None zero. Close quote. Leaders, if you want to be resilient, you cannot do it unless you commit to being a voracious reader and lifelong learner. I see no shortcut available in this area. So what habits can we cultivate in our lives in order to be better, more effective readers, which ultimately will help us be better, more effective leaders? Here are nine habits, sorry, eight habits, eight habits to reading effectively as a resilient leader. Are you ready? Number one, read Mortimer Adler's book titled How to Read a Book. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're saying, Briggs, I know how to read a book. I've read a lot of books. Now, listen, let me tell you, I thought the same thing when years ago, someone recommended this classic book to me. I have read thousands of books in my lifetime. One day I sat down and I arrogantly turned to the introduction of Adler's book, until I realized halfway through the introduction, I don't really know how to read a book. I'm serious. Adler identifies four levels of reading. He said, level one, elementary reading is, what is this book about? Number two, level two, inspectional reading. What is being said in detail and how? Level three, analytical reading. Is this book true in whole or in part? And number four, level four, synoptical reading. What of it? The truth is that most of us read a book only on level one. I'll put a link in the show notes of this book, but I want to encourage you, buy it, read it. It will help you read all other books in your life differently the rest of your life. It's what I call a meta book, and it's required for readers and for leaders. Number two, be extremely intentional about the books that you choose to read. You see, for every book you choose to read, you're saying no to millions of other books as well. So choose wisely, as we can't possibly read even a fraction of the books that are published in the world each year. So how do you choose? Well, I have a filter of five questions that help me choose. I ask myself, who are the leaders and the readers who read widely and wisely that what are they recommending? What books are they recommending? The people that I look up to, what do they recommend? Number two, what areas of my life in leadership do I want to grow? And can I find books to help resource me in that area? Number three, where am I intensely curious right now? Number four, is this a nonfiction book? I encourage you to read almost entirely nonfiction. Only read fiction when you need some sort of diversion but read nonfiction when you want to learn. I get flack from people about this a lot. Feel free to disagree with me, but there is too much truth in the world. There's too much I need to learn right now. First, 
that I don't have enough time to read about things that are untrue. Now, I'm all about being creative. I know. I'll get hate mail for this to each his own, but I want to encourage you as a leader, read as much nonfiction as you can. Number five, will this book stretch me to think, act, and lead differently? I'm always looking to be stretched, to be made a little bit uncomfortable because leaders do hard things. I'm not looking to read things that are easy or that will reinforce everything I need to know, think, or believe. Now, number three, habit number three, make a commitment to read at minimum 30 minutes a day. Now you think, I'm so busy. Yes, we're all busy, but we're all given the same 24 hours a day, 168 hours in a week. If reading and learning isn't a priority in your life, then finding 30 minutes a day will be a problem. But if reading and learning are a high priority to you, then finding 30 minutes a day won't be a problem at all. First thing in the morning, over your lunch hour, right in the middle of your workday, after dinner, right before bed, whenever it works for you best in your schedule, do it. Make it a priority 30 minutes minimum every day. Number four, put your screens away. For the first 17 years of our marriage, my wife Megan and I didn't have a TV in the house. Ironically, we have one now, but we didn't purchase it. It actually belongs to our 13-year-old son. Television is not inherently bad or evil. We've just found that when there is not a TV in the room, reading becomes much easier and becomes a higher priority for our family. And this includes your phone, your laptop, and tablets. Put them away. They can often distract us from the important element of reading. Now, I know some leaders who learn best by listening, and there can be some great tools out there, audible.com, Overdrive. There are times I even use Hoopla through my local library. It's a wonderful app, and I listen to books often when I'm out on a run. Now, these are fine, and these are helpful for me, but I find that I retain more information when I have a book in hand which leads to number five. Number five, as you read, pretend you're having a conversation with the author. For $15, give or take, we get the chance to enter into the brain of some other people to read their inner thoughts. For only $15, we get a chance to climb into the minds of some of the most brilliant people on the planet to learn about their perspective and glean their wisdom. This is an amazing deal. One day, If the author is still alive, you may get a chance to ask them questions about the book and further your learning. I learned this in the first two years uh, after graduating from college. Megan and I worked for a publishing company called Nav Press. And the great thing is, as an employee, is I had access to the author database, which means I had the contact information of hundreds and hundreds of authors uh, who we published their book. After I'd finished reading a book, I'd have some questions and I would just pick up the phone and say, hey, I work for Nav Press and wondered if you had a couple minutes. Here are the two or three things that really stuck out to me that I really appreciated and that were helpful. Thank you. But I also have one or two more questions. Do you have a couple minutes where I could ask you those questions? Because I'd love to learn some more from you. Now, I know not everybody has that opportunity, but imagine if you could just reach out to them on Twitter, on email, or with a phone call. Even if the author is dead, you can still be in conversation with the author. When you read something that confuses you, you can ask yourself, why did the author say that? What point were they trying to make? I wonder if they said more about that, what they might say. It's been reported that John Adams wrote more in the margins of the books that he was reading than there were actual words from the author on each page. 
He felt as though he was having a conversation with the author, which helped him think more deeply about his life and leadership, which leads to my next point. Number six, always have a pen in hand when you read a book. I always read with a book in my hand. Yes, I'm old school. Research continues to show that people retain more information when you read a physical copy of a book than read it off of a screen. I can attest to that in my own life. So when I have a book, I've always got a pen. And when I've got a pen in hand, I'm underlining pages, circling words I don't know, putting a question mark next to things that I'm unsure about, dog-earing the pages. I write questions in the margins of the book. I write additional thoughts that stick out to me. I want to encourage you, butcher your books. Write all over them. And number seven, type out your key thoughts in a Word document. With almost every book that I read, after I finish the book, I go through and look at my highlights, my underlinings, my questions. What stuck out to me? What thoughts or quotes or ideas or stories are worth retaining? And I open a Word document on my computer and I type out those thoughts and quotes and ideas. It's usually one or two pages, but if it's a really good book, it can be five, six, seven pages long. Does it take extra time for me to do this? You bet it does. But I just invested several hours of my life to learn from the author who put down these thoughts in the book. Why would I not take an extra 45 minutes to reinforce what I learned? And that's why I type out my thoughts so I can remember. And if I forget, I can always go back and refresh my memory by pulling up that document and seeing the key learnings and takeaways so I don't have to reread the book again later. And number eight, share with others what you're reading. Being generous with the knowledge and the insights that you have gleaned from the book and sharing it with others is a gift. Share the main insights of a book that you read with others. Talk about it out loud and share your questions. Ask them their opinions and thoughts. Recommend the book. Let them borrow your book or better yet, give them a copy of the book, your copy or even a brand new copy. Give books as gifts. It's one of the best gifts a reader can give to other people. Now, I'll put these eight habits in the show notes, as well as a link to the Mortimer Adler book that I mentioned at the top. But I hope that these were helpful for you today. And if you have some reading habits as a leader that you want to pass along to me, let me know. I'd love to hear from it. And I may even share some of them in an upcoming episode of this podcast. Well, thank you for joining me today. And thanks, as always, to our producer, Joel Limbowen. He produces every episode of this podcast. you got to visit his site to see the good work that he is doing. Check out onalimproductions.com. I also put it in the show notes. Leaders, be faithful, available, teachable, and hungry. Keep leaning in and learning. And one of the best ways you do that as a leader is to be a reader. So read and never stop reading and learning. It's worth it. And we need that from you as a leader. 